On today's Trophy Kids, we got an awesome episode for you. We were talking about the U.S. dominating the world, Kawhi Leonard bringing balance to the NBA. We were doing a breakdown of the NFC South. That's a good one. And we were doing our big board segment, this time, top summer activities. So let's go. Welcome to Trophy Kids, presented by Bad News Media. It is July the 10th, had to look that up, and we are once again world champions. How are you doing today, sir? I'm a champion. Um, it feels good. It feels familiar. Similar feeling four years ago, so yeah, that was good. Great to see the ladies pull that off. We got back-to-back world champs. This really shouldn't be that surprising. I mean, ah. Europe is prone to foreign invasions, so hey. <laughs> <laughs> this very quickly turned from celebration and praising to... What the fuck did Bleacher Report just tweet out to then? Oh, yeah. The equal pay debate. I don't still don't know what the hell Bleacher Report just tweeted out. That was one of the has to be go down as one of the wildest tweets in Twitter history. I don't know if the rest of you saw that, but what what a tweet. <laughs> Odd. It was different. Yeah. <laughs> and then we immediately went from that to the equal pay debate. Here's where I land on this. Fuck equal pay. Pay them double, triple, pay them whatever they want. They win games, they talk the talk, they walk the walk, they embody America, just shitting on the rest of the world wherever they go and just dominating them. I'm down to pay these ladies whatever they want. <laughs> I, I agree. These, these ladies should get paid. I mean, they just, I mean, someone made, I saw a tweet where it was like, is this the greatest like sports team ever? And I was like, maybe. I mean, unless you consider like a sports team to be like Serena Williams on the court. Um, yeah, they, they the could be. dominant soccer team we've ever. I yeah, like, say. I mean, I like, kind of thought about it. I was like, compared to their competition, yeah, maybe they are, like, one of the best sports teams ever. But uh, it's hard to say that. But, yeah, it was kind of an interesting – but, yeah, these, these ladies should get paid. No doubt about that. Absolutely. And they – this is the results. I just, like th- – I thought of this over the weekend. This is the results of that 1999 team. I was watching the 30 for 30 on Saturday just getting ready, mentally prepared for Sunday. Because these girls, like, Rose who put on for the Cincinnati area – shout out Rose um, – she was like a kid when that was going on. Alex Morgan, I think, was like 10. Um, Rapino would have been like in her teenage years. Like this is a direct result of like that just – I mean I still remember it. Everybody going crazy over that 99 team, especially girls our age. And right. now we're starting to see that really pay off where we've now gone back-to-back world champs. We've won gold medals. We are the most dominant team in the world. I mean that is fun. Meanwhile, on the men's side, they're a national joke and an embarrassment to all of America yeah. right now. But – Hell of a win for the ladies. It was, for sure. And that wasn't the only big news of the week. We had the biggest, well, screw it. No, I'm going to say the biggest NBA signing. In I agree. Fourth of July feels like it was forever ago. I don't know about you, but this it, does. it feels light years away. Mm-hmm. Um, Kawhi bringing, the comparison was made all over the internet, Thanos style, bringing balance to the universe in the NBA world. I've got to say, this is the first time in a long time that I'm actually excited for the NBA upcoming season. I'm very excited. I, I loved it. It shocked me. I had, I had no idea that was about to happen. Um, I didn't know Kawhi had that kind of pull. It was kind of cool. Um, but yeah, I agree. I have no idea who's going to win. Um, it's super exciting. I mean, I don't even know if the Warriors are going to make the playoffs. And like the Pelicans might make the playoffs. I, I don't know what's going to happen. Like, it, I, think it, I think it's really exciting. 
It, it is by far the most exciting. I think you hit it. The Pelicans are a super interesting team. I think that is a well-balanced, like the pieces all seem to fit on paper. We'll see what happens on the court, but it's like, that's a really good situation if you're down in New Orleans. The best part of this whole thing is Kawhi absolutely screwed the Lakers. Oh, By yeah. waiting that long, they got nobody to go out there with LeBron. They're trying to piece together a team with, like, who's available? Rondo? Oh, let's go grab him. They're like, forced <laughs> to pay, like, Danny Green $30 million. Like, I mean, Danny Green's a fine player, but, I mean, he doesn't need that money. And, yeah, I, I'm going to actually, myself, I'm going to have to adopt a new West Coast Western Conference team because I was always a Thunder guy, and I think they're now going to lose Westbrook as well. So I'm going to have to find a new West Coast team. I'll probably jump on the Clipper bandwagon and adopt them as my, my West Coast team. But obviously remain faithful to my shitty Wizards. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, like I'm really curious to see where Westbrook goes. I've heard Houston. I don't like that fit at all because Harden needs the ball, and Chris Paul is already there, obviously. And I, I just can't see Harden, the way Harden plays now, playing with Westbrook again. That I don't like that fit. What I really need is I need a Russ Jimmy Butler down in Miami. Yes. That would be so fun, but also so, so volatile. Oh, yes. my God. It's the most volatile situation in the history of the NBA. <laughs> I'd be so scared to be, like, like the ninth worst player on that team. Like, oh, God. <laughs> like, I kind of get minutes, but, like, I really shouldn't be getting minutes. <laughs> just Absolutely Russ and hell. Jimmy are just glaring at me on the court. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> practice would be an absolute nightmare <laughs> like you'd be back in like your aau days where like some 40 year old man just screaming at you but this time they're jacked basketball players <laughs> <laughs> yes i would love and just i feel like his outfits in miami just perfect oh. just, just just bring him down there and jimmy butler already said he never wears socks so uh, he's got a great destination there Yep, I, I agree. Um, I'm excited for the NBA season. The rest mm-hmm. book thing will be interesting. I don't feel bad for uh, Thunders fans because, like, you guys just shouldn't have a franchise. That franchise should still be in Seattle. But, like, That's true. think about the collapse. Like, you had Harden at one point, Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook. You replaced Kevin Durant with Paul George, and now you're about to have nobody. Like, that, yeah. is, that is a Roman Empire collapse style there, right? Yeah, they're really just collapsing, which is a shame because although I do agree that they don't really need to have – they didn't deserve that team. They should probably still be in Seattle. But I will say their games are pretty hype, and they're like a good fan base. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't feel bad at all. No. no. I mean, sorry. You, you couldn't do it with that that talent pool that came through the city. Then yeah. I don't know what to tell you at that point. Um, it's it's going to be an int- – it's going to be a fun year. I mean, everything's competitive. The East is competitive. The West is competitive. There's no real – that I can think of – big three that you're going like holy shit like they're the overwhelming favorites i don't yeah, yeah i don't know where it's going to be an interesting it's the first time where the off season isn't going to be the best part well actually no the off season's still probably gonna be the best part it's been pretty awesome but, but still i mean <laughs> yeah. we have no clue who's gonna win it's gonna be awesome i'm very excited for that and that is a legit exciting because i don't care about basketball i haven't cared about basketball in the long, nba basketball in the yeah. longest time oh, <laughs> it's been a yeah. joke of a league any other thoughts on the NBA before we move into the most anticipated NFC South breakdown? <laughs> no, I think we kind of we kind of just touched on a lot of shit there. Perfect. Well, let's get right into it. The NFC South, the pride of the NFL in my world. Oh, uh, I just I decided not to wear a Tampa Bay jersey today to not be a homer, but just putting it out there, Tampa Bay fan through and through. We start though with the powerhouse, the wagon in the NFC South, the New Orleans Saints. This team. Talk about being a spit and a piss away from the Super Bowl. 
two years straight just having the most heartbreaking losses. You had the Vikings, not even Hail Mary, but just miracle play uh, the year before. Yes. And the atrocious missed call, which has started one of the all-time grudges. I mean, it probably beats New England Roger Goodell-type grudge at this point. They're throwing Mardi Gras-style parades. New Orleans Saints looking to go as winner of the NFC South again. They won 13 games last year. How do we feel about the New Orleans Saints heading into the season? I feel very good about them. Yeah. <laughs> In this division, um, and it's a, it's a fine division, but it, this team is a solid effing squad. Um, I mean, they got Drew, who just – Drew – I don't see Drew really aging. I think I've mentioned this before, but he has that weird body type. I almost think it benefits him that he's small and that, like, I don't know. I feel like it makes him less susceptible to injuries, so I think he's just aged well. Um the team's just stacked. Their offense is stacked. I mean, their defense is nasty. Cam Jordan is a freak on defense. Yes. And, I mean, they're a good team. How do you feel about them? I feel very good about the New Orleans Saints. I think this yes. is going to be – we're about to see another fuck you tour by Sean Payton and Drew Brees. And there's very few things that are as scary as that in the NFL where it's going to be pull-your-pants-down style, suck on this as they roll through the NFL. Um, I think they're probably going to win 11, 12 games based off the schedule. Um, they do have a, a bit of a, a tough schedule right up front, uh, mm-hmm. but it's it's New Orleans Saints. I mean, they're one of the most consistent teams in the NFL. Um, like we said, they are just a couple plays away from two Super Bowl appearances. The quarterback play, I don't. I'm not one of those guys who's going to say Drew Brees is about to fall off a cliff. I'll believe it when I see it, just like yeah. with Tom Brady. Um, but it is a it's a tough schedule initially up front. Only because you have Houston and then you go Rams, Seattle right off the bat, which is tough, uh, both away. But then you get Dallas, Tampa, Jacksonville, Chicago, Arizona. So interesting schedule. Goodbye at nine, nine week. That's a good time to heal up. They didn't do much in the offseason, but they didn't really need to do anything. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I got them winning the division probably 12 and five. I mean, there's not really much else to say about them. They're just they're good. They're the best. One of the best teams in the NFC, period. One of the best teams in football. Yeah, I agree. I've got them 11, 12 wins. Like you said, they didn't do much. They lost Mark Ingram, but when you have Alvin Kamara, I mean, I think they're fine. Yeah. I mean, they. I like I like bringing in Jared Cook. I think Jared Cook has a lot of talent. Um, I agree. Yeah, I mean, Jared Cook's a good player. But, I mean, they lost Ingram, but they brought in Latavius Murray as well. So I was just going to say that. And that's the guy yeah. that forever, I just can't, like, I always pick him up late in fantasy. I know uh-huh. nobody cares. But just, like, on the off chance, because it's like, there are those games where he just pops, and you're like, oh, there's potential there. In a two-back system, down in New Orleans in the Dome, I mean, he could he could be a very valuable piece to them. And Jared Cook, I've always liked as a tight end. Yeah. Good, solid tight end. And I think we both agree, Taysom Hill, real cool and all. Yeah, no more snaps at quarterback for you. God, please no. I, well, I mean, yes, I, I hope so. Yeah, we you all during so. the Tampa Bay game, but <laughs> But, For the rest of the time, when I'm picking the Saints and betting on them, I do not want him in the game. Yeah, can we stop with that? Yeah, silly nonsense. Quit trying I, I think, to get cute. Yeah, I think they learned their lesson last year. Time, yeah. time getting cute is not a uh, not time uh, not valuable time. Plus, you have Teddy Bridgewater backing him up. So, I mean, if you're going to try to get cute, he's not a terrible option. But I don't really know what you're going to do with him. Yeah. Uh, it's a good team. Like the team. Yeah, first of the division. I don't really have much on them. The other teams, though, I've got a lot. On. I'm moving right into the Atlanta Falcons, who have been an absolute disaster from one of the most epic comebacks two years ago in the Super Bowl. They have really collapsed. Now, last year, I will say, if you weren't really paying attention to the Atlanta Falcons, it was primarily injury-bound. I mean, they had a top-10 offense. The defense was a disaster, but that was all due 
two injuries. They do lose Bruce Irvin, Trevin Coleman, Marvin Hall, Brian Poole, uh, Robert Alford, to name a few. But you pick up Adrian Claiborne, which is a good, solid piece. Um, Luke Stocker as a tight end. Good pieces all around. This team, though, I don't know. How are we feeling about the the Falcons? <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of with you. They're, they're a weird team. They absolutely smoked us last year. I know they weren't very good, but they beat the shit out of us. Um, but I, I think this team, I think their offense is good, but I do think that window is slowly, very slowly, very slowly closing. I mean, mm-hmm. Matt Ryan, quarterbacks can play until they're 40, so he's fine. But Julio's 30. Mohamed Sanu's 30. Freeman's like 27, but he's always getting nicked up, and he's got a lot of miles on him for only being 27. So I think this team will be will be an eight-ish win team, mm-hmm. um, but I, I think their window is starting to slowly close, especially on offense. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I have them about similar, um, maybe nine wins there. Uh, Matt Ryan, yeah, he is. I mean, he. His, the ceiling is incredibly high if you surround him with good talent. They have a good line. Ceiling is high with him. Um, the problem is health. I mean, are they going to have the same injury problems they had last year? Their schedule is not exactly the easiest. I mean, they start off right with the Vikings, then go Eagles, Colts. Then you go back to the Titans. So, you know, it's it's decent. Um, yeah, I got them about eight and nine. I do not a whole lot of movement in this division for me. Um, but... Nothing. It's going to be the Falcons. Nothing like on their defense, like really pops out to me. I'm right. Like, they had Vic Beasley, who who had a great year, but then yes. has just fallen off. It, I just this team is like it's like I'm, I look at them. I'm like they're good, but just like eh. yeah, they're very bland. It's a good yeah. way to put it. Um, I don't. The defense is going to be solid. I think it's just the problem with the Falcons is I don't know. And it's kind of stupid to say, but it it's sort of true. If you look at the way they play, it does seem like they haven't ever fully mentally recovered from mm-hmm. that comeback. It there's just something's missing. They're off. Um, but they benefit from an NFC South, which I used to make the argument all the time was the best division for quarterback play. There has been very steep competition that way. I don't think you can definitively say that one way or the other. The quarterback play is still really good though in the yeah. division. So the defense does a little bit worry me, but the offense has so many weapons that I do think this team is going to be a problem if your defense is not up to the task because they've got weapons. I mean, Julio Jones is always injured at some point in the season, but Julio Jones, Mohamed Sanu, Calvin Ridley, Austin Hooper's a good tight end, I think. Oh, yeah. Uh, Dante Freeman, the line is solid up and down. So, I mean, this is an offense that if – this is a team that could easily win 10 games, but they could also only win seven or eight too, depending on what that defense does. Agreed. The defense plays a big role, and I mean, the defenses they play against also play a big role. Like if right, if they're playing against a shitty pass defense, they're gonna toast them. They're gonna cut them up, and they'll probably they'll probably put thirty five points up on. Exactly. Yeah. The ceiling. If you're an Atlanta Falcon fan, I hate you, but your ceiling is high, but your floor is dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> um, you're 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 walking a tightrope as an Atlanta Falcons fan, and you hit it right on the head. That window in the NFL windows can shut very quickly. This window is starting to shut on you. Um, so you need to make a move this year. I'm moving right on, though, to the Carolina Panthers, a team that had so much promise and once again suffered a bad kind of Super Bowl loss and has never really fully recovered. Now, part of that's also due to injury. They pick up my man, Gerald McCoy, though, on that defensive line, which is a huge get, as well as Chris Hogan, who's 
you know, if you're creative with him, can be a good piece. Bruce Irvin, you only really lose Matt uh, Khalil, who I think is overrated most of the time. Good player, but not the greatest. Um, this is an interesting, interesting team. They pick up one of the most dangerous rookies, though, I think, in Brian Burns out of Florida oh, yeah. State. That kid, talk about a ceiling. He could be an absolute troublemaker in the NFC South. Yeah, I, this team is weird. Um, I agree. They've never fully recovered. I also think Cam has never had a season comparable to that in his entire career. Also um, true. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he's vegan now, too. I don't know yeah, if you factor that I heard, into I heard that. Yeah, he's vegan and his shoulder doesn't work. So I'm a little concerned about Cam to begin with. I'm very concerned about Cam. Like I said, kind of about the Falcons' defense, the Panthers' offense outside of, I guess, Christian McCaffrey, no one really is scaring me. I mean, Greg Olson's always getting injured. The Panthers have never had a wide receiver since Steve Smith left anyway. I mean, Devin Funches was okay. But Cam's never really had real receivers, which I kind of feel bad for him with that. But now, while their offense is kind of shaky, I mean, I do like the addition of Chris Hogan. I think another year of DJ Moore, I think he'll be fine. Um, I think he'll progress and be better. He was pretty good last year as a rookie. Yeah. So, um, and then they have like Torrey Smith, but none of those guys are like terrifying any secondaries, and no team is like game planning around them. I will say though, that defensive line is <laughs> nasty. I mean, they got Dontari Poe, Gerald McCoy, Brian Burns, Kawan Short. I mean, that D line is filthy. And then just Luke Keekley behind them. I mean, there's something yeah. there for sure. The defense is they have is a what's young secondary as well. Yeah, I love young secondaries that are good. Yep. Uh, I I do like Eric Reed back at, at safety, though. Um, you hit it, though. That defense. I mean, if you're a team lining up on the other side of the ball, you are quivering in your boots. You are pissing down your pants and not in the good way. Um, like that, they play the Cardinals. I mean, they're going to eat that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're going <laughs> I mean, they're going to eat that offensive line. They play them week three, and that might be the week we see Kyle Murray die. Like that, yeah, that I is, hope he's ready to run. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of rollouts. Oh man, yeah, no long developing plays. If Roll out quick pass. David Johnson, be ready. Yep, yeah. Jeez, <laughs> have your head on a swivel and be ready. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, the Panthers. The talent scares me offensively and not in a good way. Like that is the kitchen is bare, I think, because yeah. I feel like we might be getting to the point where we're looking at a Greg Olson who can't really run and change directions because he's okay. getting old and he's okay. been injured a lot. Like we might be looking at Jason Winton kind of last two years ago type right. of deal. And if you don't have him going, there's not really other anywhere to go outside of Christian McCaffrey. And yeah, I know he's put on some muscle, but that yeah, he's also pretty small. He's pretty small, and I feel like the load is going to come down hard on him this year. Um, you have Will Greer backing him up, which I think is funny, Cam Newton. I'm with you. I think this team, while the defense is insane, and that can win you a lot of football games in the NFL, I just don't think there's there's anything in the tank for them. So I've got them at like 8-8, eight 7-9 and eight, seven and nine, um, yeah, potentially. But there are going to be some games where they look insane, and it's just going to be because they're playing like the Cardinals or the team we're about to get to, my Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> like, that's just the nature of it. Yeah, I'm with you. And if you just want to transition into your Bucks, I'm, I'm cool with that. Well, let's go. All righty. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a.k.a. the Browns of the South. Um, <laughs> this team or the Jets or whatever team you want to pick, 
this team, you're either on the pirate ship or you're off the pirate ship, and I'm trapping a cannonball to my ankles, jumping off and hoping there's a life jacket somewhere out there. <laughs> this team, oh, man. Today on a certain radio program, there's a popular Buccaneers fan out there working for another company uh, who thinks we're not going to finish in the bottom of the third because of coaching regime. I don't know if you're on the ship or not or jumping off, but this team, I don't think coaching changes solve anything for this squad going into this year. I mean, that's kind of funny that you brought up the coaching staff because I have a note here that says, Team, yuck. Good coaching staff, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, they do. I mean, they got Bruce Arians. I've always thought Byron Luck, which is probably a smart guy. We'll see how he does. And they got Todd Bowles in defense. I mean, it's pretty good. It's a good coaching staff. Yeah. But the talent, I mean, I like the receiving threats. Um, is it just me or is Mike Evans not as good as he used to be? So I think it's a combination of Jameis Winston – kind of overusing him. I mean, the offense is so... Here's the thing with Tampa Bay. There is, I think, a ton... There's enough talent there, or there has been enough talent there, to win. Um, But Jameis Winston is such a heavy user of Mike Evans that it's so easy just to pick double coverage against him because you know that's where he's going with the ball. Like, Jameis... You had Deshaun Jackson, and you couldn't use him right. Literally, all you have to do is... Throw it deep. Throw it. Go go get it. <laughs> like, yep. you couldn't figure that out. Um, he's heavy t- relying on his tight ends and Mike Evans is overall. Chris Godwin, I really like. Um, I like him too. But yeah, Mike Evans is, some years his hands work, some years they don't. If they work though, I mean, he's one of the best wide receivers out there. Oh yeah. If not, and Jameis isn't doing a good job of at least spreading the ball around or looking off his number one read, which is Mike Evans and coming back to him. It's just not a good year for Mike Evans. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, I mean, I have this written down. Receiving threats aren't bad, but Jameis is very bad. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know, yeah, Evans, Godwin, Bray, OJ Howard. I do like those receiving threats. I'd take them on my team in a heartbeat. Um, But Jameis is just not very good, and it's a shame because I actually thought he was going to be really good. Um, I definitely whiffed on that prediction. Um, Is this the last year's contract? Yep. So... Ah. Player option. He took. We took him on the option um, last year in Tampa. So we got to make a decision here. Jameis is the problem here. I think there's. I mean, we added uh, Sue, who's a good replacement mm-hmm. for McCoy. Um, yeah. We got a Buchanan on the team, which is always fun. Uh, we did Lowe's, uh Quan Alexander, but we picked up uh, a great, great draft pick uh, yeah. to kind of fill that spot in Lee. So it's. Jameis is the problem for me. He always is the problem. And I don't think these people who think coaching is going to solve it because here's the thing. We fired Lovey Smith to get Dirk Cutter, who was – and I said Lee. I meant Devin White. Sorry. Um, we fired Lovey Smith to bring in Dirk Cutter, who was the offensive guy. He was claimed to be the Jameis whisperer. Nothing changed. And it didn't change because Jameis has all the physical tools. It's just he makes dumb decisions with the football, and he does not play the game smart. And maybe Brian Leftwich fixes that. But I don't see it. I don't see that happening. I don't see all of a sudden after four years, James Winston having an epiphany and becoming a good quarterback with the ball. And if you turn over the ball, you can't win. We scored, we put up 500 yards against the Redskins last year and we scored what, three points? Like, (laughs) it's just not good. Because when he gets near the end zone, he gets butterfingers and starts freaking out and it's, it's a bad deal. So until we move on from Jameis, I don't see us moving out of the top bottom third of the league. I think we're still drafting the top five come next year. I think we might squeak out four games, maybe. <laughs> Here's my biggest problem. I don't know if you looked at this. 
for a league that's player safety involved, the NFL absolutely screwed us. Have you looked at our road schedule here? This is absolutely bananas what they have us going through here. So (laughs) let me break this down for you as to what they are about to put us through here in the middle of the season. Um, I'm sorry, bad radio here. I've got to get it re-pulled up here because it's so just atrocious. All righty, here we go. So we go uh, at Rams, at Saints. Okay, fine, whatever. Versus the Panthers. Then we go to at home. Then we go to London. We then come back and play at Seattle. (laughs) They travel something like 23,000 miles. (laughs) In like five weeks. It is insane how many. We have four road games and we're traveling all over. We're traveling to the West Coast twice and to London once in that five weeks. That's hilarious. I actually, to compare, I think I, I think it might be the Steelers, but don't quote me on that. I don't think they go further west than Cleveland this year. That is so <laughs> ridiculous. I don't think they do. I, I think it's the Steelers, but I could be wrong. But yeah, that is insanity. That is a lot yeah. of flying. It's nuts. I'm trying to look up. I think it's something like 23,000 miles in like five weeks without a buy. And our buy week doesn't even come until it's like, wait a minute. You don't have a buy after London? No, we go straight to Seattle, I think. Hold up. Let me just double check. I thought everyone had a buy after London. Oh, no, we do. We do. I'm sorry. And then we go to Seattle. Yes. Well, still, I mean, it's still ridiculous. Yeah. (laughs) It's insane. So, yeah, I think we might win three to four games this year. Yeah, uh, I'm kind of with you on that. I will say one thing. I think we've talked about this before. You guys haven't made the playoffs in 12 years, and you would never know it. Your team sucks and flies under the radar. <laughs> or the Browns like, of the South. You're the Browns of the South, but no one knows it. Like, everyone yeah. knew the Browns sucked. But I swear to God, if you asked a random person on the, the side of the road, like, which team between the Skins and the Bucks has been better the past 12 years? I think most people would probably say the Bucks. Yeah, I would and people. Everyone just thinks. Everyone just thinks we suck. Yeah, <laughs> it's. I mean, we do. We fly you right fly under the radar. Under the radar, you're always drafting like top eight. Yeah, <laughs> this is true. So there's during a three week span, the Bucks will travel twenty eight thousand one hundred forty four miles. Just found it. <laughs> but yes, no. I don't think I've traveled that far in my life, dude. The Buccaneers are the biggest example of nepotism in the world. Um, and I'm a diehard Bucks fan. Don't take this as I'm not going to support my fan. I will be the happiest person alive if I am wrong on this season and Jameis Winston all of a sudden pulls it together. Because if he does, this team is dangerous. Oh, yeah. I don't see a single way he does that this year. No, you don't and, do that in your fifth year, generally. No, you don't. It just doesn't happen. And I don't care. This is the third coaching change we're going to have. Bruce Arians, he came to prominence, really, in the Cardinals years. Who did he have as a quarterback? Carson Palmer. James Winston ain't no Carson Palmer. So I don't know what you guys think are going to happen here, but it ain't going to be good. Um, that's all I really had. I mean, the NFC South up there as one of the best quarterback divisions. It used to definitely definitively be that. There's definitely some arguments for some other divisions now, but good quarterback play. Defenses are hit or miss in this conference. There's a lot of talent. It could be an explosive or it could just fall exactly as it did last year. Um, Saints are going to win this this division though i don't see any way other other way around it unless injuries of course agreed i'm with you it's all it's it's saints to win perfect all right we are moving on to big board segment here we got a good one 
I was thinking what to do, and I was like, well, we kind of screwed up by not naming like best Fourth of July activities. So I figured why not do best summer activities? Mm-hmm. Top three activities you like to do over the summer. I will let you start first, sir, because I think I went last week. The forest. Number three, very simple, not much to it. Just firing up the old grill, just getting the first smell of burgers. Ooh, or or even if you just smell your neighbors. Yeah, just just that you walk out and you're just like, just just that smell of burgers. Grilling time is a great time. Um, Man, you get that charcoal going or that fire. Mm. All right, I like it. I like that. That's a strong, strong three. I'm probably going to now go grill after this. Um, (laughs) My number three. It can be a combination of one of the two, but either stoop chilling or porch chilling or balcony chilling on a night, nice evening when it's kind of cooled down, having a drink in your hand, maybe with a couple of friends, nothing like it. I'm with you. There really is nothing like that. You know, you're there chatting with a couple of friends. You can be kind of nosy. You kind of look out what's going on, you know, you know, maybe yes. you can comment and have a good laugh over what's going on. Yeah, I'm with you. That's always a good time. Absolutely love it. Yeah. Maybe bring out a little speaker, play a little music. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. It's a great way yeah. to spend a Friday, Saturday, or just during the, the week, uh, depending on what it's like. Mm-hmm. So my, my biggest problem with this list is like, cause I'll have my mother calling me like tomorrow is I would, couldn't, I couldn't list activities that didn't include drinking. I do have like one in there, but <laughs> <laughs> you can just chill on the stoop and have a nice conversation. If you like, you hear that yeah. mom? <laughs> yeah. You, you can have a glass of water. That's fine. Yeah. It's all good. Yeah. We'll let you in. Sweet tea. You know, yeah. all right. You're all right. My number two here. Is, is, is this only applies to people, you know, that live in like places that either don't have a beach or they have real winters when it, you know, it gets warm, you go to your first beach and you get that first, um, body surf in that, that first body surf real good. You get a real tight stream, real tight streamline. You think everyone's out there thinking they're all professionals and really we all, we all hit the wave and we're just, we're underwater. We're just praying this wave just doesn't hurl us over and like break our back. You know? <laughs> You get that tight stream. Oh, it's it's great. That is a beautiful thing. The first beach day, or if you don't have a beach lake day, you can't do the body surfing part, but just water day in general is an awesome thing. I'm with you. When you hit that first time, oh, it feels nothing better. I've been to the beach in two weeks, and I cannot wait. Mm-hmm. All right, my number two, uh, it's something I did over 4th of July, and I don't know if not everybody probably will be able to relate to this one, but a nice brewing or kayaking trip uh, with some friends. We, do a, we did a brewing on 4th of July. Nothing better. Low up the kayak or the canoe with some beers, some sandwiches. Go out on the river for the day. It's a beautiful time. Make a day of it. Don't oh. forget the SPF. Don't ever want to do that. This is true. I got burned on my legs, which was not good. Uh, right. But I am a – maybe wear yourself a nice little fishing shirt, a little, <laughs> little breeze in the back, cover the, cover the front. bucket hat? The, oh, bucket hat's always good. Always good. Gives you 360 degree coverage. <laughs> Nothing like it. Yeah. Nothing like it. All right. Now, my number one here. Um, when you go out to the old, usually it takes place on a deck or a picnic table anywhere. When you get a big bucket of crabs, just boom, just, just, oh. just, just, just lay them out on the table. You know, the table is usually covered in, in a in newspaper. You know, you just go in after those crabs. You're picking at them. You're, you're cutting your fingers on the claws and stuff. And then you're hitting the old bay. Your fingers are burning. And then you're it's your eye your eye starts burning there's nothing like it that is a beautiful thing i am with you on that love it my my number one doesn't encompass it can encompass crabs but it's a good old sick day from work get some friends together maybe call out 
go to a nice little bar somewhere, get a nice lunch in, a little drinking, and then head right over to a baseball game. Oh, I know, I know we rip on baseball a lot. My point part is really just getting out of work, but it's an activity to do with some friends. Go get some lunch, go to an outdoor rooftop bar. That's really the big part. Before the game, walk on over, have a couple drinks, have yourself a day. Ferris Bueller it up type of thing. I agree. Beautiful summer activity. It's a beautiful activity, and it's really the best when you don't figure out this is what you're doing until it's like 7.15 in the morning, and you're like, yeah, let's do that. Yep. You look at your roommate, you give them a look, and they're just like, all right. Or yeah, you we're not, text your buddy. We're not feeling work today, guys. <laughs> yeah. It's a beautiful thing. I love it. All righty. That's a good one. I like that. That's, a, that's some star on competition for uh, who's got the best one there. But we'll be back with you next week. And as always, peace. Later. Oh, oh, oh.